0: Will Baker, President of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, welcome to our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. And we're in for a treat today because I'm gonna be on the other side of the microphone, answering questions and being allowed to talk a little bit more. Elizabeth Buckman, VP for Communications at Chesapeake Bay Foundation, will be asking me questions. So I'll turn it over to you, Elizabeth.
1: Will, thanks so much for inviting me to ask you questions. That's been one of my goals in life.
0: (laughs) Thanks for having
1: me. So we've known each other a long time, Will, um, and we've been working on the State of the Bay Report for a long time, and I'd like to talk about that today. I'd like to hear your thoughts on...
0: The State of the Bay Report?
1: The State of the Bay Report. What's that? No, I'm
0: just kidding. Go ahead.
1: I'd like to hear your (laughs) thoughts on that, a little bit of the history, what kind of a difference you think it makes, um, where we are today, where we've come from, and where we might go later. Does that work?
0: All of those questions at once. Let's no, no, take them one at that's, a time.
1: OK, that's just an outline. <laughs> you know, I'm a former English teacher. You tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them.
0: So what was the first question?
1: So why did we come up with, and how did we come up with a State of the Bay report?
0: Uh, that's a good question, Elizabeth. <laughs> so here's, the, here's a little bit of history. Um, Back in the 90s, what, 10, 15 years or so ago, a number of us used to talk about the fact that we always got asked as staff, the question we always got asked was, how's the Bay doing? And of course, you know, it's not a simple answer. So we thought and thought and thought about how to develop some kind of report that would be issued on a regular basis to give the public a sense of how the Bay is doing. And um, I remember a few of us came up with the idea of a report card. We thought about um, how to judge it, where to place the Bay in in a continuum of time. And we came up with basically the structure of our current report, which is to look at a number of different indices or metrics and compare them at that time, to the worst the Bay was, and the theoretical best, meaning when colonial settlers arrived. Well, we, we, we pitched this idea to one of our senior scientists. And um, he, quite frankly, dismissed it out of hand, said, oh, no, that's just too simple. It'll never work.
1: You know, he's a former senior scientist. Former Sorry. senior <laughs> scientist.
0: Now, I'm not going to mention his name because he's a good friend. But um, one of the staff and I, driving back from Chrisfield, Maryland, um, where CBF uh, launches our boats to go out to our island education centers, uh, we worked literally on the back of an envelope to put together sort of a, a hybrid, sort of a, a, a dummy state of the bay report, just to put some numbers down and see how it would work. And we passed it to him, and he again dismissed it. But we kept after him, and eventually he said, Well, let's write this up a little bit more and then send it out to a group of 30, 20 or thirty Bay scientists that, you know, were friends and colleagues, and see what they say. I'm going on too long, but basically the initial responses from several were, as our scientists said, Oh no. Way too simplistic. Doesn't have any merit scientifically. Let us show you how to do it, and each and every one of them that responded—you know, four or five out of the twenty—came back and said, uh, "Darn it, uh, we've tried, but we can't really come up with anything that is more accurate, that's more user-friendly, that tells the story better." And that's how this report was born.
1: I think one of the uh, truest forms of flattery is imitation. Are has our report been imitated? Are we? I think I know the answer to well, that. Well, there's <laughs> a leading question where
0: you know very well. It's been imitated literally all over the country, uh, in different watersheds, on river systems, on lakes. And perhaps the most extraordinary um, response uh, I got was from the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. Uh, A a senior member of which said this report is so elegant in its simplicity and yet its scientific fundamentals, its scientific structure, that we would like to try and figure out how to do a report like this for public health in America. Um, wow. I don't think they ever did it. They tried. Um, maybe they didn't have people as simple-minded as we were and able to just put it down with realizing that there's part art and part science in a report like this. But I thought that was pretty cool.
1: That is cool. So um, we've been doing this report since 1998. Uh, it's it has a shelf life and it has a, a life of its own. It's taken on a life of its own. How would you describe its it has been, how ha, would you describe, excuse me, it's been received?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's remarkable. Um, and I'm going to turn the tables on you and ask you a little bit about what sort of attention this report has gotten in the media. But I think it's, it's, it's important first, just because you know, we want to encourage our listeners to go to our website, cbf.org, and and actually read the report if they haven't already, or if they haven't seen press coverage. But let's just quickly lay out how we do it. We uh, established that the Bay at the time of colonial settlers was a theoretical perfect. Now we know it wasn't, but there were 44,000 Native Americans living in the watershed. Today there are 18 or 19 million of us. So a theoretical
1: 100. So
0: we call that a theoretical 100. Um, what was the worst the Bay ever was? We uh, backdated because we started this in 1998, but using the theory of how we did it, we said the worst was in the early 80s, and we gave that a score of 23. Today, we're at a 34. Now, roughly speaking, this means that the Bay's worst was 23% of the theoretical perfect. And today, we're at 34% of a theoretical perfect. There are 13 metrics in three categories, pollution, fisheries, and habitat. Each of the 13 is graded on a score of 0 to 100, and each is equally weighted to give an arithmetic average of the 13. So that's how we do the report.
1: And ultimately, Will, is our goal to get back to a 100? Uh,
0: That would be nirvana. But (laughs) we know that is impractical, impossible. Remember, 44,000 Native Americans in the watershed versus 18 or 19 million of us today. So what we did, uh, and you were very much involved with this, Elizabeth, is we took the the numbers, the numeric grades, And because most people think uh, a B is somewhere in the 80s, an A is a 90, a C is a 70, we wanted to uh, overcome that confusion. So we set the numbers up to uh, letter grades. For instance, the 30...
1: We created a curve.
0: We created a curve. The 34% of theoretical perfect today, we call a C minus.
1: And I believe it's the first time.
0: First time we've gotten into the C's uh, when we started, or when we set up the the, the, the lowest point, uh, when we established that was in the early eighties, that would have been a clear F. The grade has been getting gradually better, not as fast as any of us would like, but gradually better. And so now we're into the C's. Where do we want to be? Well, If the Chesapeake Clean Water Blueprint, which is the State-Federal Partnership, which has very specific uh, targets for pollution reduction, is achieved by its deadline of 2025, we think that will equate to a score on our health index of a 40. And that'll be a great first step. Next step to a 50, and you started out asking if we could ever get to 100, no. We think if we could get, we, and I say the broader we, the Bay community could get to a 70, that would be about as good and would actually score as an A+. plus.
1: Right. And so I believe there are four categories of scores within the grading system. And I, I think the, the C-minus that um, I at least celebrate and feel so proud about uh, keeps us unfortunately, well within the still dangerously out of balance category. So there's not every reason in the world to be happy. We have a lot of work to do.
0: A lot of work. And and this dangerously out of balance is the term, uh, the the descriptor we've used for the Chesapeake when we literally have uh, an elevator ride to answer the question, how's the bay doing? And as you know, our response is the bay system is still dangerously out of balance. But it's getting better and that's very important. With population growth every year to be getting better is really quite an achievement of all the states and federal agencies and private sector folks, everyone from farmers to sewage treatment plant operators. So it's still dangerously out of balance. Uh, The next layer, level if you will rather, of getting of improvement is on the report called improving and then stable and then that 70 would be saved. Now, whether that happens in our lifetime, I can't promise you. And certainly, if it does get to that level, there still is going to have to be a lot of work to maintain it. So it would not be a job done and finished and over with, but only a job gotten to the area we you know, we all want and then maintain. need for maintaining it. But, but Elizabeth, I've been talking too much. You're head of communications at CBF. A big part of that is media, press. How does this report fare in our media?
1: You know, to be um, perfectly frank, I am always blown away by the interest in this report, not only by mainstream media, but by digital media, too. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about mainstream media. The coverage we got this year far exceeds geographically in every metric, any report we've done in previous years. And I consider that to be amazing, given the competition for stories this year. Um, For example, last year, uh, we had last time in 2014.
0: Because we're doing it every two years now.
1: Right. Thank you. Um, we had five stories on the State of the Bay report in Pennsylvania. This time, we've had 24 so far.
0: Just in Pennsylvania? Just
1: in Pennsylvania. This um, report was covered, um, has been covered all over the world, including New Zealand. Uh, people are watching what's happening on the Chesapeake Bay, and people are caring. And I think our success is a success that people are celebrating and trying to learn from.
0: Okay, now the interviewee turns interviewer. Let me ask you another question. How about social media? Something I hardly know the definition of, but I know it's important.
1: It's really important, and um, the coverage has been... Broad, we have been on all of our social media platforms, but much more importantly is the conversation that happens because of our social media presence. Uh, The comments we've been getting back have been, go for it, you guys are doing the right thing, we're counting on you, just affirming, positive, supportive, do more, do more, do more. And interestingly, some amazing opinion leaders have been tweeting and retweeting our tweets. Senator Cardin, for example, is just one. Maryland
0: United States Senator Ben Cardin. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So people are watching, people are caring, and people are really happy to spread the good news. And the coverage is wild and continuing.
0: You know, one of the things in this day and age is that press often seems to be a one-shot or media coverage seems to be a one-shot thing and the story doesn't stay alive. I believe, but I want to ask you, it looks like when this is issued, it's not just a one-day story. It continues. It's re- it's commented upon again. It's editorialized about. Is it that- is,
1: and, and there have been many editorials. I know that um, you've been interviewed by The Washington Post, The Baltimore Sun, and other papers. Um, And and so yes, uh, people do, reporters, editors do continue to tell this story. It's also um, one of the most frequently visited pages on our website. So you're right. This story does not have a short shelf life. The story of the State of the Bay lasts for all of two years. Uh, One of the things we're doing this year is doing an animation to explain how the 13 different indicators work together and how this is one system we're describing. And we hope to push that story out. Tom Ackerman, our VP for Education, wants to give it to teachers and students. There are many, many ways we can continue and will continue to tell this story, one of which is coming up.
0: Well, uh, let's come back to that in a second, but just on what you just said, you know, what has so impressed me in these editorials is is absolutely no excuses, um, n- nothing but a commitment to keep moving forward, to celebrate some improvements, as we should, but to keep moving forward. And even in Pennsylvania, and, and let's face it, we, we have been tough on Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the one state of the three primary states, Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania, 85% of the watershed. New York, Delaware, and West Virginia are only 15%. They're important, but compared to Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia. So we 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 were tough on Pennsylvania. They haven't kept up with what they had hoped to hit in terms of their pollution reduction. And the editorials coming out of Pennsylvania have, again, not been at all defensive. Uh, It's Quite similar to the political reaction and the reaction of community leaders in Pennsylvania, which is, yes, this is important for our own water quality. It's important for the bay downstream. We haven't done enough. We need to do more. I I thought that was really remarkable.
1: There was an editorial in the Lancaster paper. Maybe that's the one you're thinking of, among others, and it said exactly that. And Lancaster County is one of the counties where we've identified much more needs to be done. So it really is remarkable the uh, the embrace our State of the Bay report is getting by by so many. But I wanted to mention uh, another opportunity that has come um, to fruition because of the State of the Bay report. We were approached by the Ko- Kojan Nambi Show today to have you on. On Thursday and when I responded to them I said "Uh, we'd love to do that Uh, I wonder if you've seen our State of the Bay report and I began to describe it and I began to say here are the different indicators and the score and she stopped me said I've got it right in front of me
0: (laughs) and this is the Kojo Nambi show uh, nationally syndicated and I will be on at the noon hour on Thursday January 19th yep very good well that you know uh, uh, Harry Campbell, our Pennsylvania executive director, and I uh, just last week did an hour show on national on um, local public radio uh, in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Station. Smart talk. Smart talk. Yeah, that was a great great time.
1: Yeah. So yeah, the Stay the Bay report um, may be middle aged, but it's still going strong, and it's still got a lot of energy and a lot of kick. So let me let me ask you one more question, Will. And a
0: long way to go to get to the point where we're even close to being satisfied.
1: And luckily, we're both spring chickens, and so we'll be here for a long time. <laughs> um, so um, I want you to um, you know, look into your crystal ball and, and tell me, you know, this is a, a huge and important time in our nation's history. And, and I'm wondering what you think the State of the Bay Report will say in five years, or 10 years, or, or even 20 years.
0: Well, I think a lot about this, as we all do here at CBF, and what it occurs to me is the bay declined over a long time because of three basic things, and I'm oversimplifying perhaps, but they're not untrue. We put more pollution into the bay than nature, than the bay could absorb. We destroyed habitat that is a natural filter, And we, as a society, took more fish and shellfish out of the bay than nature could put back in any given year, meaning we overfished. All of those combined in sort of a vicious cycle. We hear a lot about feedback loops, but if you have less oysters purifying the water by their filtration, and you have more pollution causing more cloudy water and less underwater grasses grow as a result, and that reduces the amount of oxygen in the water affecting the oysters, et cetera, et cetera. It can build upon itself and get worse and worse and worse. A vicious cycle. What if just the opposite happens? What if we start to build up enough momentum, enough uh, years of reducing pollution, managing fisheries sustainably and restoring natural habitat Nothing's going to happen right away. But if you do that long enough, and you start to get the positive feedback loops, positive as opposed to negative, I think you can have a vicious cycle in reverse. I am an optimist, but I believe nature is remarkably resilient. And while we've seen slow improvement for a number of years, I think there's real possibility that if we can keep up the momentum, keep up the work at all the levels across all the states, federal agencies, state agencies, local governments, we could see a vicious cycle in reverse. And truly vast improvements happen much more quickly than perhaps any of us thought. That's my hope.
1: Would you say we're almost there? I mean, not
0: even close.
1: No, not to be in a, a safe bay, but think of the clear water we saw this summer. Think of the crab score that improved 10 points. I mean, there are there's some really encouraging signs that we're on the right road.
0: I, I, you said it better than I, and I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I do think that when you have clear water allowing more sunlight, nurturing more grasses, producing more fish, that's a system that's getting better. And my hope is it's going to get much better in our lifetimes.
1: And what can our listeners do to make sure that happens?
0: Keep supporting the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, that's number one, but much more important, you're gonna kick me for saying that, but much more important is to let your elected officials know at every level, local, state, and federal, how important saving the Bay is.
1: Thank you for all the reasons. Will Baker, thank you so much. This is Elizabeth Buckman for Will Baker. Please join us every other Tuesday for our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. Thank you, Will.